0: highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Pride goes before a destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Amen. Join me in prayer. We thank you, our Father, for the infinite wisdom that is yours, that is fully embodied in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his incarnation. We thank you for the wisdom that is imparted to us by the Holy Spirit speaking in the scriptures. We pray, O Lord, that as we read your word and as we consider it, you would grant us that heavenly wisdom that does not boast in our thoughts and insights and abilities, but seeks your truth as being more precious than gold or silver. Open our hearts and our minds to your word, O Lord. Build us up in your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. (coughs) Well, I want to call your attention this evening to a passage that probably doesn't get much attention in Hebrews, but we need to look at the background for it in Genesis twenty in Genesis twenty-five and Genesis twenty-seven. <clears throat> the Genesis twenty-five reports the birth of Esau and Jacob, twins, twin children of Isaac and Rebekah. We'll read the account of the conduct of the two young men after they had grown. Begin reading at verse 27. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking stew Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted and Esau said to Jacob let me eat some of the stew that red stew for I am exhausted therefore his name is called Edom or Red. Jacob said sell me now your birthright Esau said I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me Jacob said swear to me now so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, lentil stew and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way Thus, Esau despised his birthright, which is not the end of the story. The time came when their father was dying and uh, desired to give blessing to his firstborn son, Esau. And you may know the story that conniving with Rebekah Jacob tricked his father into pronouncing the blessing on him instead of Esau and we pick it up at verse 30 of chapter 27 and no sooner no sooner had uh, Isaac finished blessing Jacob thinking it was Esau than Esau comes, seeking the blessing. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had barely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, Game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn son, Isaac. Then Esau trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now, behold, he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers... (coughs) And all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained them. What then shall I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. We'll end the reading there. and turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and read verses 12 through 17. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands, And by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. I'm going to reread that last line more literally. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. We'll explain that as we go. Ah, Hebrews 12 is a truly wonderful chapter. I guess the whole book is. but uh, We're instructed to run the race of life, as God marks it out for us, with patience, looking to Jesus. And looking to his sufferings and his resurrection triumph as our source of hope and strength. We are told to submit ourselves to the Father's discipline because the Father's discipline comes from a heart of love and his purpose to conform us uh, to his character in holiness. We're told to pursue peace with all men and holiness. We're told to be watchful in the passage we read so that no one fail of the grace of God so that no one has a bitter root springing up causing trouble and defiling many. And I think gathering up the previous two admonitions is the third that no one be a fornicator or godless like Esau who sold his birthright for a meal. Serious warnings. That's the character of Hebrews mixing promises of God, calling us to faith and steadfastness and perseverance, and the warnings of God uh, laying before us. So it might be false if we turn away and give up the race that he sets before us. Now, Esau is put before us as an example of don't. Now chapter 11 was a whole chapter full of do. And illustrates this illustrates uh, a very significant way in which the New Testament use, uses the Old Testament. Uh, or as the Apostle Paul uh, writes to the Corinthians in chapter 10, after outlining uh, briefly uh, the tragedy of Israel in the wilderness because of their unbelief, he says, Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, upon whom the end of the ages have come. So here we have Esau. As an ex- we, have, we have chapter 11, uh, this uh, chronology of 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 Old Testament saints who trusted God. And then we have, and those are the do's. (laughs) Do, Do be like them by God's grace. And then we have Esau. He's an example of don't. He was greatly privileged by God. He was the firstborn son of Isaac. He was loved by his father above his brother. But there was growing up in Esau a poisonous root. And that breaks into full view when he sold his birthright to Jacob for a dish of stew. Now Jacob was no angel. His name Jacob means trickster or uh, not trickster, he was a trickster, but uh, means surpl- supplanter, because he came out of the womb holding on to his brother's heel. Jacob was no angel, he was a schemer, he was a cheat. His life and God's dealings with him prove that salvation is by grace and not by our performance of good deeds. Esau was a spiritual fornicator. I'm not sure that referring to him as, as a man of uh, sexual immorality, that's the, the Greek word means fornicator, is meant to be taken literally, but certainly spiritually. Uh, he valued a full stomach more than God's friendship. And so he failed of the grace of God. It was his by right, but he did not lay hold of it by faith. Well, what was Esau's birthright? That's point number one. In the uh, language of the Romans, the technical term is primogeniture. That is, the inheritance of the firstborn. In the case of the patriarchs, that means to be the clan chief. The clan chief dies, the oldest son becomes the clan chief. All that belonged to the patriarch now belongs to him, or is under his authority as the new patriarch. So Abraham passed that role to Isaac, his son. But this is a special clan, not just any Mideastern eastern clan or family. This is the family that God chose to be his special covenant people. This is the beginning of his church and the line of descent that will lead to the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. More than flocks and herds and camels and slaves and the subservience of his brothers or sisters. The birthright, the inheritance, was God Himself. In a special relationship with God as the head of His covenant people. God's covenant with its promises of future blessing and future inheritance. For Esau, as the firstborn, the privileged position at the head of God's covenant people, the mediator, if you will, the recipient of words and visits from the Lord, as Abraham and Isaac had experienced, the opportunity for special communion with the Lord. That was Esau's birthright. Now, That's being pointed to by the author of the book of Hebrews as he encourages Hebrew Christians in his day to remain faithful to Christ and not give in to pressure from their unchristian Jewish neighbors, family members, and so on to go back to Moses and abandon Jesus. Birthright for the Hebrews and birthright, the birthright for us, is the fulfillment of the promises, the grace of God in the gift of Jesus Christ, his only son, and salvation in him. This is the birthright of all baptized people. God says in your baptism... By water into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you are mine. My promises are yours. Receive them by faith in my Son. We think of inheritance from parents. Maybe some family heirlooms. Some china, some crystal, jewelry cherished, uh, mementos, maybe a little slice of the inheritance pie. Not much for us here, I'm supposing. But what's the greatest legacy parents can leave their children? What's the greatest legacy Christian parents can leave their children? It's a treasure of all... Back up. <laughs> it's not. It's not a treasure. Of all the money that can be bought, or all the all the money on earth can buy. The treasure is God Himself. Your Father, through faith in Christ, and the Father of your children as they lay hold of Christ by faith. Jesus Christ, God's Son, is your Savior from sin. He is the Lord of eternity. And his promise is that all who trust in him will spend eternity with him. That is the greatest heritage possible. Jesus said, What good can it do a man to own the whole world if he loses his soul? He told the story of a pearl merchant who spent his life buying and selling pearls, always looking, always looking for the best pearl. And when he found it, he sold everything else that he had to buy that pearl of great price And Jesus said, this is like someone who surrenders his life to receive the kingdom of God. What did Esau think of his birthright? Genesis tells us that he despised it. Last verse in Genesis 25, he thought nothing of it. He sold it for a bowl of stew. Well, he was really hungry. Yes. Food now more precious than God himself. This is the way of our sinful heart. If we follow our inclinations. And this is what revealed what was inside him, the poisonous root inside Esau. And that expression, root of poison, or root of bitterness, as the King James translates it, that's a Hebraism. Uh, sons of disobedience in Ephesians chapter 2 means disobedient children. Root of bitterness, uh, King James in Hebrews 12 means bitter root. He's not, the writer to Hebrews is not talking about the sin of bitterness, resentment, envy, jealously, malice toward someone else. He's not talking about the sin of bitterness. He's saying that we must be careful, that there not be a poisonous root in our hearts, that we allow to grow and grow. An attitude of loving the world more than Christ. A root attitude inside Esau grew and grew and dominated his whole outlook. Food before God. The things of this world before God. The things I want and love before the things of God. His marriages to Canaanite women were a grief to his mother and father. But they also reflect that poisonous root that put his desires before the Lord himself. And I think it is in that sense that he is referred to as a fornicator. He gave himself to his desires with no care for the God of his fathers. The Lord's claim on him in his circumcision pointed to wonderful promises like our baptism. But he was disloyal. His heart belonged to this world as a godless man. He failed Of the grace of God. He despised and rejected God's gracious gift offered to him in the covenant. For the Hebrews to whom the letter is written the choice is not between stew and the inheritance. The choice is between Christ and keeping your livelihood having your friends still be your friends, having your family love you instead of turning on you. We see all this referred to in Hebrews chapter 10 in a way that is meant to encourage the readers. He says, For recall the former days when after you were enlightened, that is, after you came to faith in Christ as the promised Messiah, you endured a hard struggle of suffering, sometimes Being publicly exposed to reproaches and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one that is, in Christ. They did not sell their inheritance in Christ. For the stew of this world's good things and the love of other people. We might ask ourselves, what is my bowl of stew? What would I sell my birthright in Christ to obtain? And by God's grace, I hope every one of you, there is no bowl of stew that I would give up Christ to have consequences consequences for Esau he sold his birthright to Jacob later when Jacob cheated him out of his inheritance uh, that was sin on Jacob's part and Rebecca's too but in the providence of god that was bestowing on jacob or rather bestowing on esau the loss that he had already that he had already committed to when he gave up his birthright for a bowl of stew jacob didn't earn that birthright but god bestowed it on him as grace Esau wanted his firstborn privileges. He begged his father to recant having blessed Jacob. But it was too late. Now, we can discuss, study and discuss uh, why Jacob couldn't simply say, well, I was deceived and that that revokes the validity of the blessing. I I think perhaps... Jacob understood that in God's providence, by that deception, what God had already ordained and announced to Isaac and Rebekah was carried out, that the elder would serve the younger and the younger would be the inheritor. It was too late. And that's what I think is meant, I'm, Convinced that that is what is meant, in verse 17, when we read, "For you know that afterward, when he, Esau, desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected." Now the ESV says, "For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears," suggesting that, "Oh, he just he just wanted so much to repent." Well, there's no verb there. There's a noun. And literally, he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. What did he seek with tears? He sought for his father to take back the blessing on Jacob and give it to him instead. But there was no place in in Isaac's heart to go back on the blessing that he had pronounced, even though Jacob wept and cried and pleaded with him. The warning of Hebrews, uh, to the Hebrews and to us, is if you value your earthly life and earthly goods above Christ and above heavenly life, you will give up all claim to the grace of God And have then no sacrifice to atone for your sins in the judgment. Against these warnings, look at the gains for faithful believers who may endure the loss of all things, may endure the rejection and hatred by all men, may sacrifice their lives for Christ. What is gained? Everything. Everything. If we endure suffering for the sake of Christ, we show ourselves to be heirs of God, heirs with Christ, of his inheritance, of the new heavens and the new earth. When Peter asks, well, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. What will happen to us? The rich and ruler had just gone away. Not repenting of his sin. And Jesus said, You trust in me. You follow me. You will receive many times over in this life mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and houses and farms. What's he talking about? What we see here in this congregation brothers and sisters, and mothers and fathers, and the wealth that God has given us that we may share with each other to encourage and help and sustain each other in times of trouble. And Jesus said, with persecutions, but in the age to come, eternal life. Value your inheritance. Inheritance and teach your children what a wonderful inheritance it is and that they should value it more than anything else in this world. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, what a blessed heritage you have given us in Christ your Son. He who deserved and earned infinite good Infinite love, infinite blessing of every good thing from you, his Father, but who surrendered all of that to bear our sins and receive what we deserve in our place. And now, risen from the dead, he gives us all that is his. We receive it now in principle. Being your sons and daughters, having free access to your throne in prayer through Christ, receiving the gift of your Holy Spirit that we may live and not die, that we may have strength to resist temptation and grace to repent when we fail to, to be sustained by you and not be bereft of the grace of God, but enter into our inheritance in its fullness when Christ comes again. Grant us, O God, to value that heritage above everything else. Grant that the children of this congregation, who in their baptism have been assured of their place, of their inheritance, if they trust in Christ, grant that they may do so. We pray in his name. Amen.